Hey there, good people. Welcome to Visiting Hours, a Northern Health podcast offering an opportunity to learn a little about the lives, work and dreams of our Northern Health family. My name's Steve and I'll be your concierge behind the curtain. Come on in and join us for Visiting Hours. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. We pay respects to their elders past, present and future, embracing their rich tradition of conveying information and ideas through stories and song by sharing our stories with you. Our guest today has recently attained a professorship at RMIT. He's got a heart for history, an eye for innovation and a passion for pie charts. The circles of the Venn diagram of our lives have intersected in the best possible way as we are joined today by Northern Health's Executive Director of Digital Health, Anthony Gust. Welcome to Visiting Hours. Thank you, Steve. It's great to be here. Now, in the context of the hospital, what does digital health actually mean? Yep, good question. So digital health, um, a lot of people uh, get confused by that term. Um, So the way I think about it is uh, all the tools and technologies or you can think about it in terms of the information. So, you know, from gathering, so all the software, all the way up to reporting. So the teams include ICT, obviously. Uh, they're, they're pivotal in terms of uh, keeping the lights on at Northern Health. EMR, which has obviously just been rolled out. Decision support, which basically is the data uh, you know, analysis and reporting team. Uh, Clio, which is a new team, and um, the name stands for Clinical Leadership Effectiveness and Outcomes, which is a big mouthful. But uh, basically, they're the virtual health team. So they're looking after patients in the home, uh, which is a new thing that Northern's um, pushing forward with. Uh, we've got a development team um, and they basically build. So they're on the side uh, looking for opportunities and, and filling in the gaps and building uh, software. And finally, uh, we've got a telehealth team and a very small data science team, which is the artificial intelligence uh, team. Okay. I um, just want to explain to what EMR is as well. What was yep, it, what, sure. What so um, back in the day, um, we used to, you know, only what, two months ago? In the olden days. In the <laughs> olden days, use paper records. Um, and so, yeah, medical record for each of the patients. Um, it moved uh, with the patient and, um, you know, it made it cumbersome to basically look up results if you're another hospital or health service. Um, so we're moving obviously towards that all being electronic. Um, and we've just completed um, one of the biggest um, for Victoria uh, programs in terms of rolling it out for a health service. And given the size of that rollout too, it's no mean feat that it's been implemented so successfully. And and look, the team did, a, I think, um, as everyone can see, a marvellous job, but also the, the on the other side, the clinicians um, who had to receive that, you know, and change practice. And so it's a big change piece of work. And um, I think... I think that's what differentiates Northern from a lot of the other health services. We're able to be very agile and adapt to, to change. Um, so I just yeah, want to put a plug out there for the clinicians that, you know, are still working through it and still learning. And, um, you know, the amount of people um, on the floor that have actually been pivotal to this actually being a success. Mm. You have a number of teams under your umbrella. How important is it to have the right people doing the right job on the right team for you? I'm going to have to go to sort of using sport as an analogy. Um, for me, I, you know, have coached hockey for many, many years, uh, played football and other sports. So for me, the team um, is pivotal, obviously, you know, to your success and, you know, the right people in the right positions, um, if, we, if we take it that way. But when I'm coaching um, children, I, I basically say to them, look, 
if you don't have the skill, you've got to have the will. So, you know, it's something easy for them to remember, will and skill, um, which translates to attitude. And, you know, so from my point of view, um, always hopefully leading the teams to develop their skills and capabilities, but also to turn up to work with the, you know, the the can-do attitude. You know, I can really get something done and purpose. Mm. And really my role is just around the direction then. All I have to do is overlay the tactical or the, you know, the direction that that team's um, going with the team's input, of course. So for me, the team, you know, is why I come to work. It's, you know, the, the fun bit to watch people grow and it's also... You know, incredibly important to, to have the right skills and capabilities as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. Now, on a personal level, you've just attained an adjunct professorship at RMIT. Congratulations. How did that feel and what fruit are you hoping to see out of the partnership? Thank, thanks, Steve. Um, how does it feel? It feels good. I mean, uh, these um, personal things come along very infrequently. So it's always nice to, to, uh, to be uh, awarded something like that. It's an adjunct professor. Um, RMIT, we've been working with uh, around evaluating a number of our digital programs. So for Northern, it's actually good that uh, Northern Health attains these uh, sort of things for their staff. There's a number of people at, at RMIT that uh, we're working with around funding as well. So the big vision um, that, that I have is not just to roll out digital care pathways or um, you know, virtual looking after patients in their home, but how do we actually change what we come to work to do? At the moment, everyone's heard of case mix funding. I don't want to make this a really boring <laughs> podcast for you, Steve, but basically um, the way it works is you know, we're funded on activity. Yeah, the more people we see, the more money we get. Sure. Okay, that's a generalisation. We're trying to move that dial to actually what about the outcomes for the patients? What about, you know, if you're anxious, back pain, et cetera, et cetera, how do we actually address those things rather than, you know, we treat you for your diagnosis and then you're discharged. So that's mm. that's one thing that we're also looking at. So this um, adjunct professorship is a, is a sort of a way Northern can... Uh, have some partnerships with the universities and move the dial on a number of big, big issues. Wow. Um, could you share a little bit about your, your journey? Like where have you come from? How did you get to where you are today? Okay, that's, yeah, I could be here for half an hour. Um, okay. <laughs> Reader's Digest version. Yeah, I'll summarise it this way. I had uh, a mentor 15 years ago that actually said to me, go away, write down 100 things you're good at or you want to do in terms of your career and then distill it down to three to four. So, you know, group it all up. And I think if everyone goes away from the one thing from this podcast, if they're listening, is that's a really good career move because what you end up doing is going, um, and if you just imagine back in high school, a Venn diagram with circles overlapping, mm. um, I had three things, data, uh, leadership, and research or innovation. They were my three circles. Yep. And once you overlap them, your ideal job sits in the middle. Okay? Now, what I didn't realise then, I was a bit naive or, or a bit silly, was the circles may differ in size. And so I went away having the circles all the same size going, I've got it, I've got my perfect job, they're all the same size. And I started moving my career in those directions. So every time, you know, for example, I might have been in a job ha only having two of those components as my job. Sure. And I was missing the third one. So then I would deliberately move to my next job would have to have that third one and be a big component. Right. Okay. Um, what I've realised over the years is those circles change with time and also they're not always the same size and sometimes the ideal is you might have, uh, you know, 
for example, photography. That might be a big, big circle for you. And so if that's what you want to do, it still doesn't mean you exclude other things. Mm-hmm. So for me, my career basically has followed that and, and followed the data, research, innovation slash leadership paths. And um, because I know that, makes my life really simple. I can just go, has my role got these functions? Mm-hmm. Yes or no? Yeah, it makes the decision-making a lot easier when, yep. you've, when, yep. you, when you can... Yep. And I could bore the listeners down. to what I've done, <laughs> which, you know, is the flip side of that. Um, so, I mean, briefly, two two things that stand out is one I did um, in the in HIV uh, outbreak in, back in the late 80s, 90s, I uh, rolled out a quality assurance program for Southeast Asia and Western Pacific. I was very lucky to get that job um, and travelled from Japan, China, et cetera, et cetera, all, all over... Um, the Southeast and Western Pacific, um, and run workshops for quality assurance. So I had a quality uh, stint there. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is I, I did the forecasting for the state um, in the Department of Health um, from child protection, disability, mental health, uh, of course, acute hospitals. So just two things that I did. One data, um, one more researchy. Mm-hmm. So, okay. yeah. and, and again, within those, within those circles of yep. skill sets. We're visiting today with adjunct professor Anthony Gust. Stay with us as we chat about AI, sport, history, and what on earth his grandfather built in his backyard. In terms of uh, digital innovation, AI is like the the buzzword du jour at the moment. Like everybody's talking about it. Everybody, everything is, you know, marketed as such as well. Um, is it going to live up to the hype? Do you think? Is it as as big a thing as, <laughs> as everybody's making out? Um, I think there's numbers of camps in this. Um, so let's go back a step. I look at it this way. Um, it, you, can, you can either look at it, it's a, one of those terms that everyone goes, oh, my God, and, and it pulls in lots of money. Um, so that's a positive way. But underneath that is machine learning, which is, you know, basically, a, a, you know, I like to think of it as a form of statistics. I, I did a master's of stats. So I like to think of it as just another tool. And so... Northern was one of the early uh, sort of health services that actually had a team in, in the AI space. So we anticipated this f- six years ago now. Um, <clears throat> we've still got that data science team. And what we've been able to do is to build you know, models. So if you just go back to statistics, it's basically just a modelling technique. Will it live up to the hype? I think it will. I think it's going to uh, help a, a lot if it's used correctly. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, procedures, policies going out. You know, the one just got delivered today from the Commonwealth. So uh, in terms of uh, – there's a lot of concern. So there's sort of the two camps. There's, uh, I'm worried about this is going to take my job all the way down to, oh, this is going to be amazing. Yeah. And um, I think it's going to be somewhere in the middle. I don't think it's going to take anyone's job, but it will change the way we do our work. For sure. Yeah, so I look at it like, you know, very basically. If we went back 300 years and said, oh, a washing machine, oh, it's going to take my job of washing clothes – um, I'm pretty sure most people would go, good. Um, and so that's the same situation. Sure. Like there's lots of things we do. We type three times the same information in health across different software. Why would we want to do that when AI could fix that? Mm. And so for me, that then gives us time to do things that are more value add. You know, look after patients. Sure. Actually move, you know, and cr- make, make the beds. Pathology results. Yeah, the things that we actually humans have to do. Um, so from my point of view, AI is, uh, um, it's like I watch it with interest. It's just, it's just a hype. At the end of the day, what are we actually doing with it mm. and how do we roll it out and how do we make our lives better and everyone else's lives better? I think it's more important. 
So if we think of AI, um, the key to it is it's really just another tool. And so what um, Norland's been very deliberate in doing is um, making sure we have all the available technologies and tools to basically be of use to the health service as well as our patients. And so AI is one of 16 tools that we're rolling out. Those 16 tools include, you know, uh, remote patient monitoring, uh, e-prescribe, which is pharmacy, you know, actually being able to do it digitally, uh, et cetera. And so from my point of view, the, having all of those tools, then we it's almost like a shopping list. You can sort of go in and say, okay, if I'm a, a doctor or a nurse, I want this, this and this to do a model of care. And so to be successful in this space, and we're seeing it in New South Wales, they've just, um, they've... Uh, got something called a virtual hospital. And you sort of go, what the heck is that? You know, if, you, if you're sort of thinking about how can I as a nurse treat someone virtually, mm. now we're already doing it with virtual ED. Mm. And so the next stage of that is a virtual hospital, which is all components of health we can do virtually. Right. And to do that, you need the tools. Yep. And so what we're doing is pro- we're progressively embedding those tools, working out how to use them, where can we use them. So we're at the start of that journey. So New South Wales, yes, they have a hospital, RPA. Um, South Australia have um, Medibank Calvary. So those two are the first two uh, virtual hospitals in Australia. And, of course, Northern will be will be up there. I'll just I'll hint at that. I mean, in Siva's words, he wants this to be a jewel in the crown. And so we're, we're very keen to support sort of ICT, um, how we move through this. Um, the virtual stuff, you know, everyone's excited. Yeah, it's same as AI. Everyone's excited about virtual. But at the end of the day, we've got to do the work. You know, what are the tools? What is the governance? What is the procedures and policies, the cybersecurity to be put in place to make us to make successful? It. And that's what I'm working on. So while everyone's looking at EMR, and that's what all the other health services are doing, they're so focused on EMR what we've been doing is, yes, we're doing that, but the virtual space, we're probably leading in Victoria. And, you know, my, my goal would be that we're leading in Australia within a couple of years and, and we'll, we'll get there. So Northern will be known as one of the, you know, the great digital um, centres for health in Australia. That's, that's the goal. Wow. Um, yeah. And we do it safely, you know, and, and for our patients, with our patients in mind. Yeah. So it's, it, you're, you're essentially... Uh, amassing the ingredients for the recipe to put things together in a... That's a good analogy. I'm going to use that, Steve. Okay, (laughs) no worries. (laughs) It's yours. You hinted before that, you you know, you've got a bit of a sporting background and the um, hockey coaching for for a number of years as well. Um, Do you want to expand on that a little bit? How do you spend your time outside of work and what what do you do to, you know, de-stress? I think the family for me is number one. So family, I go home, you know, I have a dog, uh, Labrador, Um, my children. um, So, you know, kept busy um, and they're, they're just sort of moving into that trans- transition of um, when they leave home, um, if that ever happens, but they will one day. Um, and I love reading um, and probably the other thing is um, mentoring. So combination of um, I'm either learning, um, so you know, I did a fellowship a couple of years ago, um, coaching or playing sport myself, and my family um, and yeah, did, did sometimes I think... Um, just not not thinking about work and doing something totally different uh, helps a lot. What do you think um, the most important lesson you've learned from your kids is, or, or your wife, your family? Yeah, <laughs> um, sure. Um, I think not to take life too seriously. I think at the end of the day, you know, we're here for a short time. Um, you know, 
we all try our best at work. Everyone comes to work to do their best. Um, and so we can get wrapped up in that we're so important or, or look at me or look at my, whatever it is, you know, for me, it's having a laugh and, you know, just, just, um, trying to be supportive of everybody else. Um, everybody else is, you know, going through whatever they're going through. Mm. Um, so for me, um, I think the most sort of important lesson is, um, just to not, yeah, not take it too seriously. For sure. Did, did you have a, um, did you have a nickname on the sporting field? Ooh, is it? on the sporting field. Um, <laughs> or, or maybe not, I'm, not sure. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a good one. Um, no, I wouldn't say a nickname. No, no. So unfortunately I was always either captain or um, so I, did, I had to take it seriously on the sporting field. Right. And so um, I'm pretty sure the opposition would have had a few names for me. But, um, <laughs> but, but my team, um, because I was captain, I don't think they probably would come up to me and say, well, <laughs> not to your face anyway. No, exactly. <laughs> Thought, you know, with Gust, maybe you got, you know, blusters or something like that. Uh, not on the sporting um, field. I got it in high school. But oh, okay. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. I've forgotten about that. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't mean to open up any old wounds. Apologise for that. That's okay. Being so much on the leading edge of new technologies and, and you know, looking for new ways to implement uh, those technologies as well, are you a fan of science fiction at all? <laughs> or do you uh, prefer science fact? Um, no, probably neither. Um, so for me... Look, I'm in charge of many different people and, and, you know, a lot of them do are into science fiction. Mm -hmm. I'll put it out there. Um, but for my, myself, I'm probably more into history and, and adventure. You okay. know? So, you know, if we talk, talk in terms of books, um, Con Eagleton, um, if anyone knows who Con Eagleton is, um, really, really good author. Um, or Bernard Cornwell, he did The Last Kingdom. Um, there's a series on... Yeah, I love, sure that. I love that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're the sort of books I, yeah, I, yeah, I can read a book in a day. I yeah. just, poof. yeah, I love that thing in the Last Kingdom. Like Uhtred was born a Saxon, raised a Dane, and the the conflicting loyalties and, you know, the the difficulty of doing the right thing uh, was always <laughs> was always prevalent. And for me, it's the history. So you know, what what can we learn? What can we look back on and go? Oh, that was amazing. And to be honest, like you, if you were travelling England, you're walking past the very spot where, you know, a massive battle was was had, mm. you know, and why did one side, it comes back to tactics again, why did one side lose and one side win when the side that won had half the half the people? Mm. Um, have you been, have you travelled through Yeah, England? I've travelled yeah. through uh, England. But um, for me, it's just, I want to go back. It's um, it's amazing. If you were to to live anywhere else, what what would be a place that you would love to call home? Ooh. Um, so actually I was born in Stall, so I'm a, bit of a country boy. If you haven't sort of picked up, I'm a bit relaxed. Um, so the Grampians is probably my true home. Oh, yes. So um, my grandfather, um, and this is going to sound a bit weird, but he had a train that ran around his property at the bottom of the pinnacle. And so we grew up there. And so okay. um, we used to sort of hide from the people on the train because, you know, wreck the whole thing if you see <laughs> kids mucking around. Um, so yeah, so the Grampians is probably where my heart is. Um, but, um, it's a beautiful country up there as well. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. beautiful. Wake up and you see, you know, the mountains. But um, I, I do want to travel a little bit, maybe Ireland, Scotland. Um, always wanted to go to Switzerland, uh, you know, the mountains again. I don't mind Australia. I quite quite like living here. Um, but, yeah, as um, soon as I do retire, I'll be, I will be travelling. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It's uh, many years off for those listening and, and starting to worry that I'm <laughs> retiring soon. Um, I'm not. Um, Spoiler alert. It's yeah, not you, happening you're, now. <laughs> you're stuck with me for a, a little while. So, yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure to be stuck with you today. 
Hearing your insights into the digital space as you guide the team to lay the foundations for Northern Health to take on new frontiers in healthcare has been really exciting. Sharing your knowledge and expertise with not just Northern staff, but the broader healthcare system for the good of the patient is exemplary. And all the while you've managed to remain a humble country boy with a head for figures and a talent for making connections. I could listen to your thoughts on AI and virtual hospitals and how they'll make our lives easier in the future, but sadly visiting hours are over. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Thank you for um, the time and thank you also for um, talking to me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, Anthony. Thank you. Should have said chatting. (laughs) If you'd like to find out more about what Northern Health is doing in the digital space, be sure to drop by to www.nh.org.au to get the latest news. 